Welcome to Motor Cult, episode 52. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky. Hello. Hello there. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Good. Hey, you're wearing a Laguna Seca shirt, too. I am. Nice. It's like we were both there at some point this year. Weird. We're actually starting, I guess, my fault, like 38 minutes late, because when you showed up, I was putting a different computer in my E30M3 to try to get it to behave, and, and it, it made it worse. Yes, much worse. Much worse. Much worse. So, actually, I think once we're done doing this, since we're having some time before the next episode... I'm going to run to work and grab a van again, and uh, we'll have a drag race. <laughs> to a drag race. <laughs> See, which, uh, it, it was it was that bad. I mean, the, I think the car had like 60 horsepower. You think it was a little I, bit I more, think, You know, maybe about 85, 90. It felt like a van again. Like, I gotcha. That, that's, that's full, you know, tilt acceleration on a van again that you just felt. But Either it made way, a much better noise. It was in a different sort of limp mode before, and it was making still 300 plus, so this is definitely worse. Yes, in every way. Yes. So, But anyway, I guess that is neither here nor there. I'd say let's just jump into beer first. We, I mean, we still do the segment where we're drinking the same stuff we drink every, yeah, every week it's now. You, you've got a Sam Adams, Adams Oktoberfest. I've got a Minnesota Gold Lager. I, how did you choose your beer? I chose this one because this was the most abundant one I found. This was the one that fits the can koozie the best. There you go. Perfect. That, that That's was how my, you choose a beer. Yes. That All is right. my I'm going to open up my beer. So. I guess we can crank up that gain. That sounds delicious. It sounds like keys. I already opened and have started consuming mine, so I guess I won't be doing that. Actually, I'm not going to lie. I usually don't like Sam Adams, so this is a pretty good beer. And that one's really great. If you say you come home and you don't have beer yeah, in your good, fridge, that's a great beer. you put that in for five minutes, and it gets a little bit cool. Still pretty good. Yeah, That's exactly. one of the few beers where it's, it's, it stays smooth enough where you don't have to drink it ice, ice, ice cold. Yep, they, they did a good job on that one. Agreed. So let's talk right into the first topic here. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk about cars that don't sell in the United States. I mean, cars that are on <laughs> sale here, yes, but don't sell. But don't sell well, yes. Right. So I'm actually going to open up this link here and turn on. There's some cars. Uh, I, I looked at this link like already just yeah. on my own time. Yep. And I looked at it, and I was thinking, wait, these are still for sale? Right. Well, I mean, things like the first the first car on the list is the new Lincoln Continental. It hasn't been for sale that long, so of course it's still for sale. But they don't sell, because Lincoln, which, I mean, it has an honorary slogan as far as we're concerned of Lincoln, nothing to see here. Yeah, basically. They're, um, that the Continental... I think the issue with Lincoln, it's not the Continental like as a car. It's a perfectly fine car. Yeah, I actually they, I even like how it looks, and I like the weird yeah. door handles and stuff. It, like that's kind of cool. But the thing is, is Lincoln they've got one foot in, one foot out of the luxury car market. You yeah, can't base, you know, it's not two thousand one anymore. You cannot base a luxury car off of Ford Fusion, whatever they base this off of. This actually, I believe, has its own platform, but it looks like it's based on a Fusion. Yeah, that's the issue. It's yeah. like it, it's completely indiscernible. It. And a lot of luxury cars, and this is a big disconnect between American luxury and literally any other luxury. Mm-hmm. American luxury cars have no racing pedigree. That's pretty much true. But if you think of it, like, well, the thing is, like, all these other brands, like, yeah, Mercedes, they do, they've got their AMG brand. But the thing is, even when they didn't do much racing, when they were out of, like, racing, yeah, they had still earned their chops in motorsports. Yeah. And same thing with BMW, but they've always been racing. And Audi, as much as I dislike Audi as a brand, they're still 
you know, you cannot argue with what the UR Quattro did and how they shut down IMSA. Like, yeah. they, they did quite a bit. Lincoln, on the other hand, I think they might have won well, like a NASCAR they, title once or well, something. Well, I mean, it's not a like, racing company, though, and it's designed to be a luxury mark, and it used to have a lot of cachet. Well, that, and that's that's the thing, is they're thinking of how, how, do, how do we reinvent these companies, and Cadillac's doing much better than Lincoln. Cadillac, oh, yeah. not that great, but no, at but the same they, time, like... Right. If you're be spending sixty thousand dollars on a car, and Lincoln's doing a lot better now than they were like five six years ago, I mean yes, they were yes. almost dead. It, well, I mean now they're they're still in ICU, but yeah, but they have like the MKC, their CUV, like that yeah. sells fairly well, and like they do have a flagship again that's actually not based on anything else, so they're doing better. I mean it's a far cry from like the Lincoln Blackwood. And the, the old that is e- true. expedition based that is navigator true. back in the late nineties. Well the thing is then like they didn't they weren't doing great, but you still had every rapper in the world in two thousand one rowing right. in a navigator. Right. Yeah, I mean you, so, you have like, a point. You, you did have like that, but now like when you see a Lincoln, you go, Oh, it's a really old guy or mid level manager. You don't think of somebody important. Right. Whereas when you see a BMW, you go, Oh, this is either a really cool car enthusiast or somebody important. But that's the thing. That's uh, I a, guess. I just I, assume it's going to be like a 20-something Indian kid. But <laughs> I, I mean, I guess. But which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But the I mean, thing that's is, just who has most of like, the M cards. Yeah, like. but I mean, that, that's kind of what, what I'm talking about, though, is like you, you still get this. You don't have that old man effect. And right. I, I, that's why I think that if Lincoln did something with motorsports, yeah. anything at all, that would help them a lot. Because what they have is an image problem. It's not sure. a quality problem. Well, I mean, it, well. To a lesser extent, it's not a quality problem, but it's really an image problem. I couldn't say if it's a quality problem because I haven't seen any to it's break. It's probably fine. I mean, they, I'm sure they have the same uh, dual-clutch Ford transmission issue as every Ford product has yeah. in, like, the MKC and whatever their MK thing is that is an actual Fusion. That's the other thing. Z, is there, I think. They're, they're naming. They're, they're also doing the Infinity thing. I know. The Infinity thing is just but they out infinity to infinity because yeah. infinity you can kind of figure it out if it says qx you know it's going to be an suv or cuv yeah and like the lower the number the smaller the things so like you can get pretty close and try to figure out what it is yeah like mkz mkc like it, may, it means MKX nothing right yeah they it, there's just a bunch of random letters and i think that's kind of their large issue and it is and it's going to take them a long time to get out of that but they're they're getting there they you know what they do is they, they name their cars the same way that Korean K-pop bands are named. They just have oh, a man. random homologation homo- of letters. Amalgamation. Amalgamation. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. Yep. Um, of That'd letters. Be cool if it was homologation. <laughs> and then all those random letters are made, so it will mean the same thing in every part of the world. Right. Like, and, and that's why they do it. They're and that's globally what, trademarkable. Yeah. It, yeah. And well, that's also why K-pop bands do it. So like BYS means yeah. BYS in Korea. It also means BYS in Russia and in Mexico. It, means that in every language what does bys mean? i don't know okay it, it's just a i i it might it might even mean nothing <laughs> we'll just assume it means nothing then yeah because, who knows um no there's so what let's actually go through this yep. list this is so from, the is first from consumer reports we should note that yeah i don't really like them typically yeah but they're whatever. terrible so the first one was the uh the lincoln continental we talked on that second one is the buick cascada which i believe is the first chinese made buick import or yeah. no that's the Envision, sorry, that's the Envision. The Cascada, I think, is an Opal. Yeah, I think this was one of the last Opals that they like chassis that they made. But yeah. th- it was, um, yeah, not not that good. So sales 2018 are 413 uh, in August. Yeah. To date, they're 
3100 yeah, 3161 total, total. start brought here yeah. by comparison a ford mustang is 1100 or 11,500. Not just the Ford Mustang, but the Ford Mustang convertible. Yeah. The, I'd like to see if that includes fleet numbers. Yeah. For rental cars. I'm sure it does. But, I mean, that's the thing. This is kind of what gets me about Consumer Reports, mm-hmm. is uh, they call this a comparable, comparable to a Mustang, which is really weird to me, because the Mustang's a rear-wheel drive sports car. A Buick Cascada is a convertible... Front-wheel drive. Front-wheel drive car bathtub yeah it reminds me a lot of like a a way worse version of an sc a second gen sc because those yeah because those were very well drive those are real drive they're also v8 they're better much better in every way um this one i mean also that goes to racing pedigree um the sc actually did have an extensive racing pedigree really Oh, yeah, no, Toyota. The second gen? Yeah, Toyota, that's why I had a V8. Oh. Yeah, they campaigned it in uh, Super GT racing, huh. Japanese touring car, and it did very well. I mean, I, I kind of believe that if you took all the weight out of it, and that's exactly it would probably they did. be fine. They took all the weight out of it. It was, it was a really slippery body design. Yeah. So that's not an attractive well. car. No, it's horribly ugly, but it, it worked. So Also, the back seats. If we ever have a worst back seats episode, that's going to be a strong contender, followed by the Mini Cooper convertible. I think the Mercedes 190 is going to be up there, too, just because that is a four-door. They're comfortable, they're, but they have no legroom. Well, that's the thing. is That's a reasonable back seat for a 2 plus 2, but this is a four-door. So I think the E30 sedan has less legroom than a 190 sedan. Really? Yeah. The, does it have the hard back to the seat, though? Oh, really? Wow, that's awful. Yep. Well, let's go down this list, because there's another one. This one actually generally shocked me. I thought Ford discontinued this. Uh, no. This is the only like car-based thing they didn't discontinue, except for the Mustang. How? Why? I, what is the logic of that? I, I don't know. They don't sell particularly well. I would be really shocked if the Ford Fiesta uh, sold less fewer units, yeah. than this. Yeah, fewer, fewer units than this. Uh, the C-Max, I mean, I'm assuming this includes all trim levels, so like it the must. C-Max plug-in. The it energy. has to, yeah. I mean, they get fairly good highway fuel economy, and they are very practical, so I get it. I, I guess the one thing I like about the C-Max being continued this long is I drive a Mazda 5, and I know mm-hmm. that for another 10 years after my they discontinue parts of my van, I'll still be able to get mechanical parts off the C-Max because this uses the same suspension everything That's as my funny. van. So, But the thing is, is like, it's just... It, I don't know. I've never seen a C-Max and gone, that's kind of cool. Like, at any yeah. point in my life, like even when they were new, I'm like, that's odd. I mean, I'd, when I went to Europe in 2009, like the most abundant segment of vehicle I saw was the lifted hatchback, like the stretch hatchback. Like there's a Golf version. Yeah. There are a bunch of like Opal and Vauxhall versions. That'd, like, be, that'd be equivalent to like a Crosstrek, right? Right. Yeah. Except it's lower to the ground because it maintains like the focus ground clearance like a C-Max does. So it's a, a little more practical inside. It's almost closer to like a Rendezvous or an Aztec, honestly, but just yeah. way less shit looking. Sorry, uh, poop looking. Yes. Um, I was doing so poorly. On the last episode, and, and now today I'm we continuing were doing great. it just right and, on. And, yeah. <laughs> Oops. Anyhow, um, so that segment, it's 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 what the CEV is here, and I would much rather have the world full of. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking, C-Max if if you're looking at an Escape or C-Max, get a C-Max. I mean, it's better in every way. Yeah, it holds way more, way better fuel economy, probably better to drive. You can get a plug-in hybrid. They're version honestly of this not terrible. It's just no. that they, the thing is, is it's what all American cars do. They get a really solid, like, B-. minus. Yeah. It, and that's fine. It's a participation trophy. Yeah, like, you get your C-, minus, or your B-, minus, 
Which is fine because you do have cars that are worse. Yeah. Oh, of course. But the thing is, who wants to get a B minus so we can get a car that's got an A? Like, why why would you buy this when you could buy? Oh God, what even compare competes with that? I guess. So why would you buy this over some other segment product? Anything or else in that like that we have available in America? I guess like a Forester maybe. Like, yeah, honestly, that I, I think your XV is probably a cool. Yeah, like I would I would buy an XV before I buy this. Cause, me too. Yeah, and then. But I mean, that's technically a CUV. Technically, but you can lower it, and then it's fine. Yeah, but I mean, like, still, that's the thing is like this is. It doesn't have really have any competition, so in America we lump it in with weird no, shit. No, uh, Kia makes something. No, they made something, the Rondo. Oh yeah. And yeah, when this first came out was when they were discontinuing the Rondo. Ah. Also, if we do a, a thing about garbage technology, let's talk about Kia Rondo headlights. Cost being a normal H7 bulb, but with an adapter on it, so they cost thirty-two dollars a bulb. Great. What is the? Ad- you can't bypass the adapter. Nope. Can't save it off the old bulb. Nope. Unless you, unless you can. Like cut the little, like the little piece of solder on it, which really? is usually something you're not about to do in no. an AutoZone parking lot. No, God, no. I mean, headlight, the glass on those things. I mean, you know, if you touch the glass with your oils, you got to rub it with denatured al- alcohol and a lint-free cloth. Otherwise, it'll blow up. Yeah, it's really dumb. I was so. just putting HIDs in the Fiat today because I had a, a headlight bulb go out two weeks ago. And you, do, you don't want to deal with it again, yeah. Right, Makes that, sense. and it was cheaper because that car runs nine zero one two bulbs. Which are 9006s, but they call them 9012s, and you know what the difference is? Hmm. The backside of the bulb where the electrical connector is, it's slightly lower profile. That's so stupid. Yeah, so it's like it was like $30 for a bulb at like an O'Reilly, and what? I bought a Chinese HID kit for $25. Next time I have an issue with my headlights on my van, I'm going to go uh, LED. Plus, if you have enough space in the back part of the headlight housing yeah. to have the heat sink. Yeah. And I, then, I can if yeah. I if I don't put on that little plastic cover, I totally do. Mm, okay, so I mean, you might have to worry about moisture if you don't have the cover on. That's a good point. That's why I had to cut a hole in the cover, and then it came with that little rubber boot thing that the wires go through. Yeah. So it it actually looks pretty decent. But anyway, I, I like LED a lot. I don't know if the technology is quite there for the brightness output on car they're, headlight bulbs. They're pretty decent. I mean, plus this is also a projector, so I mean, you can put a candle on the back side of it and it'll True. work just as well as a normal headlight. That's what I so. love the, about the Fiat. It's a it's a bi-xenon headlight enclosure from the factory, except it's got a halogen bulb in it. That's such a weird so Fiat. It's a bi-halogen, yeah. yeah so it's got one a, bulb for high and low. That's such a weird Fiat thing to do. But I'm really excited. I don't have to drive around with my fog lights on all the time now. That's good. You mean your LED light strip that's horribly blinding? No, no. I, the... The driving lights, the oh, I, I like too the, little. I like the little fog lights. I, I always have my fog lights on, except I do have. Yeah, but they take power. See, I've got. Oh, good point. I've got, <laughs> well, get some LEDs, homie. No, that doesn't take fine. any power. It's I, literally I was a diode. Get, I was gonna get like JDM fog color, like you. Oh yeah, like mine. But yeah. what I ended up doing is just getting those for the headlights. Oh, so, you can see so much better at night with three thousand K bulbs. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, so you get yellow headlights now? Yep. Oh, cool. So it's like even more French. Yep. That's fantastic. Oh, wait, I, wait. I'm, I'm actually really excited to see that. I can't wait. It's pretty rad. But uh, no, the on my van, one of the things that bothers me about LEDs, yeah, is when it's below forty degrees, mm-hmm. I have one headlight at a time that flickers until they get up to temperature. Really? It's such a weird thing. It's such a weird thing. They have like anti-flicker kits. I've just been like too frugal. I spent eleven dollars on it. I wonder electronically what's going on there. Well, so and you know, like when you have a LED, like an old school LED, like 
or one of those old like energy saving bulbs and you put a dimmer on it. Oh yeah. It'll flicker. Even these. If yeah. You it'll, that's what it does. So it's insufficient voltage then. Yeah. But how? I mean, those things have to be designed with a voltage tolerance range that's bigger than like 11 to 14. That's volts. what you would think. So that's why you get a, um, that, that's why you get the, um, the anti-flicker kits. Huh. It's just basically a little capacitor. It's got to be a capacitor, right? It, yeah, they just okay. put a capacitor in line. I think it's because like, when, when it's like cold outside and you first turn on, you have everything cranked up and your alternator is like, constantly charging up the battery. Right. So it does I make, can see that, yeah. I, I think that's what the issue okay. is. Because it doesn't happen in summer when I don't have like anything on, when I just yeah. turn my car on. Like in summer, it's fine. Hmm. So, and once the car warms up, like if I leave my, my fog lights off mm-hmm. until I'm like on the highway and I turn them on, they're usually fine. Hmm. So... It's a really weird thing. Okay. Well, I mean, at least you got it down to a science. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I do. And right. it's also really nice because if I want to be a dick, I can just flick my fog lights twice and it'll make them flicker. So if like I'm like shining my high beams at somebody to be a dick, <laughs> I have a whole other world. I just like click my fog lights twice and they start flickering, and then like I can just land my horn with my flickering fog lights, <laughs> my high beams on, and my middle finger out the window. <laughs> wow, I just use one light bar. That's <laughs> I, I have a whole, I have a whole system. I've got various levels of. We gotta put irritate. an air horn in your car now. That's I want one. I want to get a train horn. Yeah, I'm gonna put one in the Subaru because there's all the provisions for the spare uh, tire. It, no, no, not, not for the spare. Yeah, I mean that's where the horn will go, yeah. but it also has an air pump underneath it mm-hmm. for the active suspension that I took yep. out because yep. it doesn't work. Ever. No way. Okay. Yeah, shocking. <laughs> um. So yeah, no, you can actually run like an air pump and have like a really good train horn in my Subaru. Hmm. So. Once I do my carburetor setup on that, I'll put a train horn in it. Anyway, you. yeah, let's talk about the other car that didn't sell well. Well, I mean, I'm surprised not all Jaguars are on this list, but the Jaguar <laughs> XJ. I clicked on this. I just expected to be just everything except right. for the eye like, When was the last time you saw an XE or an XF? Or I mean, an, one that's not like a... Or an F-Pace. Not one with like a salvage title in Northwest Minneapolis, like owned by somebody that has special financing. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only people I ever see driving it. Oh my god! I want to talk about the Dodge Journey again, man. That Image thing is problems. So special to me. I I like Jag. I don't really know. I think the reason why they don't sell is just because people do read Consumer Reports, and I think, they realize that the reliability factor of a JLR product is not great. I think the other thing is, uh, a lot of this luxury car market has mm-hmm. really been taken over by Tesla. Yeah, yeah, you have a point. But I mean, like Tesla's kind of the bull in the china shop here. Why they did not expect that. Why do you think? Jaguar is paying so much more handsomely than like Audi, Mercedes, I think BMW. I, I honestly think that Jaguar is already at the bottom. Okay. And a lot of their stuff that they had, the Tesla had provided. I guess. But luckily, the iPace is going to eat Tesla's lunch. So uh, they'll get most of that back. Cool it, that would be cool if it would. It's at a way lower price point than the uh, Model X, and it's way better looking. I, I want Tesla to succeed really I, badly. I do too. Yeah. I mean, I will but buy I think, a Model I think, 3 or something at some point. I, I think healthy competition is a good thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I just. I don't like CUVs, but like the I-Pace, I think if you slammed that thing, it would turn into a wagon, which would be cool. Yeah. I, well, the I-Pace is a good competitor to the uh, the Tesla X-Type. Model, or Model X. Model X, yes. whatever you call it. Yes. But as I was just saying, it's much cheaper than the Model X and isn't disgusting looking. Well, that's what, that's what I mean. I, is That's what it's going to take. I do yeah. like the gullwing doors. I'm going to say that. <sighs> yeah, but the proportions of the Model X are like oh, the it's most awful. awkward. Awful. I think if they put those gullwing doors on the te- new Tesla Roadster. I'd be really about it. Falcon doors, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing is, if you want a car that retains its value, going doors. Funny you should say that because the SLS doesn't hold its value very well currently, 
and Model Xs don't particularly hold their value very well. Currently. Okay. I was saying, you can you can pick up a Model X for like 45 However, grand. The, the 300 SL. <coughs> Those hold their value really well. Extremely well. But I think that's because of the homologation and like the body shape more than and, it is the and doors. Then, and then we're, we're not going to talk about DeLorean. Okay, so maybe <laughs> most cars of like the five cars in the world. What about like a Brickland that? SV1? Okay, so actually those ones do hold up. They're about as much if as... If you can find a nice one. If you manage to find one, you pay about as much for a Brickland SV1 as you would for a DeLorean. Like, maybe a little bit a less. A Brickland's definitely a better car than a DeLorean. Yeah, but the DeLorean's more iconic. Yeah, and it's probably going to last longer. Yeah, and that's the thing. And plus, the you Brickland actually have... a small block V8, so it actually ran. Yeah, that, but it overheated on the early ones. because they, they didn't have Terra. Yeah. They put like... 15 centimeter thick radiators in it. Like, yeah, that's probably fine. Yeah, and then they gave you a, like an opening. Literally, I think the opening on the original SV1 was like 8 inches by 3 inches. You're talking like the grill in the front? Yeah. Okay. So the radiator didn't do shit. Oh, I don't know if you've seen a 70s electric fan, but they're not exactly good. <laughs> they're like those like three-blade things with like 90% open space. Yes, they didn't spin I know what you're talking very, about. Yeah, yeah. Like, when... Uh, I picked up the Pantera from my uncle a couple of weeks ago. The guy had all the original parts for the cooling system in a box, and I looked through it. It was and just like, awful. Yeah, it's got like small curb blade fans on it now, so they they work and they yeah. got less power and everything. But these were like they were like six inches thick, and it looked like an old desk fan with like a really badly stamped housing around it. I'm like, this I, why would not this, have done anything. Why do I have this feeling that it literally was just that? It probably was a desk fan that like De Tomaso just like bolted some you know erector set too and just <laughs> threw it on a pantera that i, I imagine di tomaso just sitting at his desk with a just a stack of erector sets and a stack yeah. of desk fans it's a prototyping department and like <laughs> a hammer and a soldering iron and just going to work we will make a car <laughs> exactly and the funny part is about the pantera there's a lot of funny stuff about it but every part number on the car is a ford part number so you can yeah. still buy parts for it well, brand they, new you know they sold them at uh, Merc- Merc- Lincoln Mercury, Mercury yeah, Lincoln Mercury, yeah. Also, Lincoln, get your get your shit to get stuff together. Yeah, and Bring, sell Panteras again. Yeah, sell Panteras, new Panteras. Well, that's I, I, going back to Lincoln. I think their issue is they don't bring the only thing that brings people into the into the dealership. I think that's what, what brings it is. them in. Well, it's they don't mean anything exciting, right? So, what brings them into the dealership? Something like a Pantera, like no, in I, all honesty, or like a, a cool electric car these days would might do it. Yeah, but, but I'm, I'm saying of their current offerings. Yeah. Oh, nothing. God, nothing, nothing at all. There's not like Lincoln. I'm sure nothing to see here. I think that they're perfectly a, just a fine brand. But again, it goes back to that thing: why have a B minus and get an A? Right. You like, know? oh yeah, I'm gonna go buy a Lincoln Continental and not buy an Audi A7. Yeah. Or a six series Grand Coupe. I, honestly, the A7 is a reasonable. If you get the three OT, it's fine. It, in any of them. Because the if you like it, if, okay. if if you compare apples to apples, and you're not thinking of historically how the car brand has been horrifically unreliable, mm-hmm. you know, the Audi would be a perfect competitor to or a six series Grand Coupe. Yeah, which is the correct answer because it's gorgeous. But if you compare a Lincoln to an Audi, you're gonna take the Audi every day long. Oh, of course, every day. I don't even like Audis, and I would just like not even. And a the question. thing is, nobody's even go to the Lincoln dealership. Because they're going to go, oh, Audi makes cool race cars. Well, I, I honestly don't think anyone that's buying either of those two types of cars is even remotely aware of racing. No, they, they actually are. <laughs> I don't every know. I know a couple A7 owners here and S7 owners here. Every single person that comes into my shop, they they know that the T, uh, that the Audi TDI racing team was like winning at Le Mans for oh, like yeah. the last decade. 
so they all know show that. posters in my parents basement when i was cleaning out oh yeah so rad yeah, see that Lincoln, they don't have anything like that. I know. Yeah. Like you have Matthew McConaughey like Although. wax poeticing about like a tree. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Like, I don't care about Matthew McConaughey. Lincoln. Give me a give me a race car. But uh, what's uh? But what's, imagine you had a poster of a 1997 Lincoln Blackwood. You can't say that wouldn't be a cool poster to have. I actually saw Lincoln Blackwood the other day. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Vel- it, velvet truck bed. Which one? Okay, so the uh, the Blackwood was first, right? And then yeah. it was the Mark LT later. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yep. So the uh, the Blackwood that was the one with the velvet lined uh, trunk or the tail the bed. Oh, uh, I thought was, it was just wood. No, it's it's velvet sides of the wood floor. Oh it's my god. Not used to be used. Oh my god. <clears throat> it's I, really bad. We should try to find one of those and buy it. Yeah, I've seen a couple, <laughs> and they're like. It's just like some old man that like thinks that this oh. car is worth a lot of money. It's just not. I it's like the MSRP was on that thing in 1997. It was insane. It was like the same as like a like a base model seven series or something. It was just ludicrous. They were way too ahead of the time because they true. they did what tr- like car companies are doing with trucks these days. Right, like it's a luxury like car. Twenty years and ago, people throw like a stroller in the back sometimes. Yeah, and but and they knew that, but the the public didn't know that. They should have had, like, a factory Lincoln-branded tarp option to, like, throw in the bed when you needed to actually put dirt in it Perfect. thing. That sounds... Even more money. I would would buy that. Step your game up, Lincoln. The the key is a parts department. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, Jaguars don't sell. We're Uh, not surprised. Well, here, one one second. Let's just talk about the numbers, because 78 sales in August. Still more than Fiat sells. No, like, 78. Yeah, that's not very many units. No, it's nothing. 1,141. 2018 to date. Oh, also another thing, Jaguar, the names that you can't really tell. I did not notice that that, that they had more than one car. What do you mean? That's they have more than one sedan. Oh yeah, they have the XE, which is the three the XE, series size, the, the XF, XF, which is the five the series size, and the XJ is the seven series I, size. I didn't know that. Yeah, I honestly thought they had just one car. It's just like the X or whatever <clears> it was. It, that's the thing; is it's a marketing issue. You can't. Kinda. All these cars are the same. You know, I don't know. It's I, I kind of like those. I, I just feel like the car companies that sell really well, the BMWs, the Lexuses, the Mercedes, mm-hmm. their names you can pay attention, you can figure out. They're not just random yeah, letters but this that don't mean this anything. isn't any better than C, E, and S. But I mean, still, if you see GS three hundred, IS three hundred, and LX four hundred, you know what those mean. Only because they've been around long enough for me to know what they mean. So, but. They still three, five, yeah, and seven the is the the company the industry benchmark because they're numbers they yeah. go up bigger exactly you can tell the difference and if you see there aren't any car or luxury car manufacturers these days that actually have a name for their cars no that's pretty much out the window just because of global marketing yeah and I think that's kind of part of the issue here is you don't yeah. have an actual name like yeah. if if Jaguar or Lincoln or somebody like came the up with Plymouth that act, Eagle Scout like well, I guess like the Continental like is an actual yeah, name which is nice which is good but okay why do i want that though because it's their only product that's a uniquely lincoln and b has a name yeah but you have the bmw 6 series yeah i know we just discovered that we wouldn't buy this car but still. i know but that's what i'm saying as a customer i could also just get the bmw 6 series right. which is better because racing well, well which be- is better because i don't know if it's not racing it's just the the brand has better notoriety and I think it, I don't know if it necessarily looks, it definitely looks better, actually. Oh, well, it, yeah. It the looks 6 Series better. Grand Coupe is one of the most attractive cars on sale today. I don't, I really hate um, the 
whatever you call those four door coupes. That's that's what this that's what this is though. I, I know I really 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 hate that, but I think that one actually looks really good as a sedan. But I I like the A7. I think that looks pretty good. Like the Mercedes CLS, that still looks pretty good. The CLS looks good. Yeah. Well, I also I like. Think I I don't like the way they market it because a coupe is two doors. I understand. I agree. Hundred percent. If you call that thing a coupe, you need to be stabbed. Yeah. Because it's a sedan. It's got four doors. You just put a weird roof line on the back to make yeah. it less practical. It's a sporty sedan. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Cool. So moving anyway, on. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> Lincoln Continental, that was yep, our first that's one we what did. You <clears throat> oh, well, here, our go. favorite car. Oh, it isn't selling well. Good. Yeah, the Mitsubishi Eclipse Cross, the fifth gen Eclipse to you, Dan Balto. I saw two. Are you kidding Thursday. me? I've never seen one of these. I saw two on Thursday. I saw a blue one and a black one. The blue one is brand new, and I made a point to not let him merge. Good. Anywhere near me. Good. And then he I, has a 1.5 liter engine, so he won't be able to do anything. And, about and, it. The, and then he got to the fast lane, cut him <laughs> off, just to be a dick. So, yeah. That, Motor called advice: cut off Eclipse crosses. Yeah, as much just as you ma- possibly make them can. feel bad. But this, all right, so this is the thing: the black one that I saw was already kind of crappy. <laughs> of course it was. It's a special financing car. But I mean, like, no, it, like it already was like dirty. Had some scuffs on the bumper. Like this car is like a month old. Ryan, it's like a Dodge Journey. The people that buy these do not care about cars. They can yeah. just get them. That's true. <laughs> yeah, this one that I cut off. He had like still had his like old yellow tag on it. I just wanted to make sure. He... Oh, and then I gave him the middle finger too. <laughs> <laughs> Did you also flick your fog light switch? No, I didn't. Right? I just gave him the middle finger because he looked over at me. I just wanted him to feel bad about his purchase. The guy's hope... just like, what the hell did I do wrong? I just, I just hope that happens to him every day. Every, every single person that's ever loved a Mitsubishi in their life just yeah. gives that guy a middle finger. Oh, dude, yeah, like Eclipse owners. Oh God, yeah. Can I, you imagine taking one of those to an Eclipse meet, <laughs> like in, in Mitsu meet or like any Mitsubishi meet? You get laughed out of the parking lot. Oh man, if Randy ever gets one of these, we have to go with him to a, a Mitsubishi. That would meet be so it. funny. <clears throat> these are. This is the worst car in America. It. I'm gonna it, say that. I will. Yeah. I will say that of all the cars in America currently for sale, yeah, every single one's currently for sale. This one is my number one least favorite. I'm trying to think of something else that's worse, and I'm not having. There's not anything time. that is not only is poorly made, but poorly designed, poorly marketed, and outright insulting to a car enthusiast is this car. Yeah. This thing is really terrible. I, I think you're right. I can't think of anything. I, I think the only thing that would be worse is if when Ferrari decides that they're going to make an SUV, oh, that they man. call it the F40. Oh, my God. That would be the only thing that would be what worse What if they called this. the Urus the Countach? Yeah, or the they made the, the Porsche Macan the 356. Oh, my God. Like the, That's literally how bad that is. Yeah, that's so true. If you, take your most iconic name and put it on your worst CUV. Yeah, that's exactly what Mitsubishi did, and I want them to fail now. I just I don't even want them yeah. to do well. Yeah. Because I it, when this thing was called the Outlander, fine. Well, they still make the Outlander. Really? Yeah. So what this is, is this, this is smaller. So it is the same price as a full size Outlander, but it's the size of an Outlander Sport. It's a upscale Outlander Sport. That's uh, the issue with it. Um, like that's what the issue this is. This vehicle the has no purpose. No, it doesn't. It's a really expensive. They sold eight hundred and fifty eight. That's actually a lot this month. Actually, you know what's really funny is they got a two hundred day supply of them currently. 
where do they store these things? Like airfields? Like, literally, yeah. <laughs> they have a 200-day supply of these. How many brand new Mitsubishi Eclipse Crosses in the world right now have dead batteries? I know, right? <laughs> well, the thing, the thing is, all right, so these are going to be in the inventory at this rate. Like, it says down here, like, well into 2019. Like, How well cheaply will it. you be able to get a brand so, new 2017 Eclipse Cross for? Way back in, in the day. Way back in the day, we first graduated um, high school. I had a job at uh, Luther Mitsubishi in Bloomington. Yep. And I remember that's still when they had the last generation Gallant for sale. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Which we love oh so much. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, that's the one that lost uh, that. Wait. Yeah. It, it we just, were doing it the worst. Just products. barely, just barely lost out to the influenza. Yep. Um, the as the worst fluence. car in the world. <laughs> um, yeah, the Fluence was available with, I think, a diesel and a manual at the same time, which is why yeah, I won. Yeah, that, that yeah. was it. That, that's why I won. <laughs> uh, it was, like, it was the best worst car. Yeah. Like, so, actually, yeah, the Gallant really is, like, the worst sedan. But um, I would happily take any Gallant over this Eclipse. Oh, course. yeah, I will totally do that. But the thing is, we had Gallants sitting in our lot for so long that they were getting paint fade while in storage. So, you'd have these black Gallants where... The driver's side, you begin to see the clear coat peel, and it's brand new. Oh, my. Yeah, like, that's how long they were sitting in the lot, parked in the sun, not being cared for. Yeah. And that's what you get when you run into these 200-day supply problems, <laughs> is that's a big problem. So, like, I want to no- see, okay, once they've made all these cars, and they, like, I assume at that point when they have that kind of supply, they just cancel production of a car. Or do they just ramp down the factory so much? I think they ramp down the factory. Or I think they, I think okay. they, they repurpose. They start building other things because usually with a factory is <laughs> instead like of making or, Galants, we're going to make Mitsubishi televisions. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, they'll do like two or three different models. So okay. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's one of those production lines where they can make multiple different. Yeah. So okay. like, so it, like I think like BMW like with the X3, I think they also make like a three series or a two series. Uh, or something. Yeah. Like. You're talking about the yeah. South Carolina plant. And they yeah. make everything i mean they, they make the three series the x1 the x2 the x5 and so like with the toyota numi plant you would have them be able to make the corolla gt86 actually i think no that one they only made the corolla there because it just did so well but i mean that's they, the thing they is, make and sell a when when you have a plant yeah. you make like two or three things so mm-hmm. yeah actually uh the normal or the uh, bellevue assembly plant this is a great example chrysler mm-hmm. um they made the Dodge Neon there, but mm-hmm. they also made the Jeep Liberty at the same time. Okay. So if they had to ramp down one of their sales, they can continue the production line. Sure. Okay. So that's how they would do that. So I think that's getting more common these days with I, manufacturers being I guess able to make I, I can't think cars. of what else Mitsubishi would make on the assembly line for this. Make more Mirages. Maybe like a Evo 11? I feel like, I, I don't know. I really would, like, honestly, if there's anything I do with my life, I would love to have a position on the board of like directors for Mitsubishi because I would just be curious what it, what would happen to them if they started a really hardcore marketing push with the Mirage, made a performance version, and see where that would take them. Because they have nothing to lose at this point. I understand. They have but literally it's still nothing to lose. a segment that isn't currently selling at all because gas is cheap. Yeah. And nobody currently cares about small cars. Yeah, at but all. clearly nobody cares about this either. Right. And this which is, is what, amazing. Th- this is CVs what is are hot. That that's the hottest car, and that and clearly look, didn't work. This article has got the CX five year to date number. Yeah. So And that's not like a great selling C V it's a great C V. No, it, that that's a very poor selling C V actually. So, right. And it, that sold a hundred and seven thousand units. This has sold forty five hundred. Yeah, that's exactly that. And uh eight 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 hundred and fifty eight to date in, in August. August. Yeah. 
And, Which I think is actually a pretty good monthly number, but it's a that's brand actually new car. that's I'm curious what the Mirage did the in the last month. If I was a little August. less lazy, I'd look. I'll look it up. Yeah, because I'm actually really curious about that. Because what I would do if I was Mitsubishi again, they have got nothing to lose, so there's nothing. Why would you not just do this? Take the Mirage. Take you're now owned by uh, Nissan. Federalize the Twingo GT engine. Put that in the front of the Mirage, and now you have a hot Mirage. Yeah, and. It's one of those things. It get like it, it, four cylinder. It will get people into the dealership. I have the numbers for you. Oh, what is it? So you want August 2018? Yeah, August 2018 Mirage. 2,048 units. So that's literally more than double. Yeah. So And that's with the car that the segment... And that, it's quite old. And you can buy a used one with no issues for like a nickel. Yeah. And they're still selling 2,048 brand new ones. And th- that's exactly what I'm saying. Push on the Mirage. Get rid of this. The Mirage is selling better than it ever has this year. Yeah. They're actually really not bad cars. Everybody talks crap about the Mirage. It's actually not a bad car. As far as Mitsubishi goes, mm-hmm. it's a fine car. And, uh, well, you, yeah, you've driven one. But I, no, I think that if they did a hot Mirage, that would get people into the dealership. Because it's one of those just like weird things. Like when Fiat first came here, we got the Abarth. And that no, got people. We didn't the first year, which well, is why I didn't sell that. Reason, well. Yeah, but once the Abarth came out, yeah, yeah, that's the thing is you yep. get the Abarth gets people in the door. It's a loss leader. Maybe not even a loss leader. Does yeah. kind of carry that brand right now. Yeah, it, it, that's really the thing. It gets people in there, and yeah. you need something that gets people into the dealership. That's why all these brands, because all these brands are on here, they don't have anything really exciting going on with the exception of Ford. But yeah, that's kind of what their main issue is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what's uh. Is there anything else that you would like, kind of expect to see on this list that you didn't? You know, there's... I mean, yeah. I, I'm more surprised by the things that sell well that I don't expect to sell well. Like what we talked about, the Jeep Wrangler. Yeah. For whatever reason. That's like that's the number five weird. best-selling vehicle in the country. And talk about a car where you can get a trillion of them for whatever you want. Right. Um, but, I mean, things that don't sell well... I mean, I'll go to a recently deceased example, the Chevy SS. Yeah. Didn't sell well. Great car. Didn't sell well. And again, no marketing. Right. And you had to special order it. Right. Especially so, if you wanted a six-speed. So <laughs> A couple of dealers allocated them, but not many. Yeah. And that, that that's why it didn't sell well. So I guess, you know, my, my next question is, uh, this one was actually posed to me the other day at work by a customer of mine. Mm-hmm. Had a Volkswagen Tiguan. Oh, I hate Tiguans. I do, way. too. But they had a reason for it. It was a manual four-wheel drive. Okay. Which is actually pretty rare. Um, but, or no, sorry. Was it, it that sport pack that had like the 19-inch wheels? No, I, actually it might not have been. It might have just been a front-wheel drive, but it was a manual T1. Okay. And the reason they needed that is they needed something that had higher ground clearance for when they go out to the cabin and stuff, which is odd to me, but okay. Okay. You need that. What are some, can you name manual SUVs and CUVs? Preferably a come all-wheel drive. The only ones I can name are the Subaru, Crosstrek. the Crosstrek, and the Forester. You can get manual. Yep. But, I mean... CX-5, but only CX-5, front-wheel drive. Front-wheel drive only. Tiguan, I'm pretty sure front-wheel drive only. Why don't you double-check that, actually? Yeah. I, you, at one point, could obviously get a 4Motion. I'm not sure if you but... still can, because I, I, I... Oh, honestly, wait, no, not in the new one. Yeah, not in the new not one. Not the yeah. big one. They yeah, don't so even offer a manual anymore. Well, yeah, okay. So, yeah, so this guy, he got a manual Tiguan. So, he was... He got hammered with 2OT stuff. So, mm. yeah. It, Weird. Yeah, the TSI is so reliable. I know, right? Uh. It, and his his thing was, he goes, I honestly would not drive this car, but I want a manual transmission, and I need an SUV. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm like, that's a really tough bet. Like, and I looked at his trim level. I'm like, well, you got a super base model trim level. Have you tried a Subaru? Right. Because you're going to have all the same crap. It's actually going to work uh, on it. But and yeah. Are we doing exclusively small CUVs? No, like any of them. Uh, Porsche Cayenne. Okay, so the Cayenne, if you want, if you want, like, to inspect, if you want to, like, buy a house, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're not cheap. But, I mean, it still exists, though. Yeah. But, and, and it's, then, it's and very yeah, nice. The CX-9, too, as well. You can get a manual CX-9? Well, oh, no, sorry, CX-5. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, CX-5. CX-9, you can't, but the CX-9 think, is still really good. There's got to be something else sold with a stick. Maybe not, though. Maybe, like, a base model, like, Ford uh, Escape? No. Well, shoot, you might be right. We I probably think, should I have think, done some research. I think, well, I, I just got I dropped this on you because I it was recently looked at an article that was still telling me what all the manual things for sale in the U.S. were, and I looked through it and I didn't see anything like that. Yeah, it's not, nothing exciting. It's just a bunch of weird stuff. But yeah, I think you know another thing, Mitsubishi. If they made a manual uh, four-wheel drive Eclipse mm-hmm. Cross, I think that would also help them a lot. They don't sell one. I don't think so. Oh, I thought they did. I think I think you drive. I think you get a front-wheel drive manual, maybe. Yeah, I, you you can. And you, I think you can also get a manual HRV. Oh, you can still get a 500L and a 500X. Okay, so Fiat's. Oh, uh, Jeep Renegade. All-wheel drive manual. Yep, in the yep. in the Jeep Renegade. So yep. actually, I think of all the cars on this list, I'd probably take either... I'd take a Renegade. I'd take one of the Subaru products or the Renegade. And I think I would actually go... Renegade's the, more reliable. I'd say, no, I, no not, not that, because that's just... I mean, it might be, but... Um, it has the Fiat 1.4T in it. it I, I'm just... Break. I'm thinking about other things, like electrical stuff. Oh. But, um, no, I would take the Renegade over the Subaru product because Subaru's turning into, like, a BMW where they're turning into kind of, like, a, just, you know, like, a car company. Right. And I don't want them to do that, and I feel like if they're not going to be supportive of enthusiasts, they don't really deserve my money. Right. That's true. So, yeah. and that, that, that's, those are very strong words because you know how I love Subaru. Yes, so. I, I do. I mean, I am obviously, as everyone knows, a little different. When yeah, it comes you are to a little bit different. Subaru. Yeah. If they had good engines, they would be really great cars because, like, everything around the engine is actually pretty good these days. No, I, I just know, the only thing I don't like about Subaru is I think that they're uh, are an abundance of, they're very capable of making a horrifically ugly vehicle. You know what? I'm going to put the mini uh, Clubman on there because that thing is so huge. It's a CUV. <laughs> Because that's a BMW X1. That that is. I mean, it literally and has. It's available in four wheel drive. The manual. X1 literally has a mini mini Cooper shift knob. So yeah, you're yeah, right. It's so terrible, so bad. All right, that, I think that's it. I just paged through all the other 2018 manual cars for sale in the United States, and I think we covered them. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into some Patreon topics then. Sounds good. Yeah, we're gonna do a couple today, just because we've been so busy with guests the last couple episodes. And they're so kind of being to pile up. So yeah, we gotta touch on these. Um, first one. All right. When you are rubbernecking or staring at someone else's car, are you doing it when you're driving or when you're parked? I do it all the time. Okay. I mean, I, I generally will do it only when I'm driving. I'll do it all the time. I'll, I'll beeline for a car at a car show if I'm super into it, and so will you. I mean, yeah. I, I've seen you like, that's a Callaway Aero body. Just like turn a violent different direction right after talking to somebody. Or the time Jana ran across Pazaluna to go see a 2CV. Yes, I do remember yeah. that. Yeah, well, like we should probably follow Jana because something is up. She was—I'd never seen her run in heels like that. It was like <laughs> I'm just happy that she didn't twist her ankle or something. No, she she was like full on sprint. Like she is like vaulting over Mercy Lagos and stuff, and just like full on like running. Yeah, 
No, she had to walk past a lot of very expensive Italian cars to get oh, to, yeah. to Michael's Citroen. Which, and we took it for a ride. That was great. Yeah, it was, it was a great car. It was, she was not wrong. Part B of this thing is specifically car shows. So I think the, the first one was like, when you're out in the wild, not at a car show, when do you, when do you slack jaw at something that you see more? And for me, it's still when I'm driving. Yeah, I think at a car show, I kind of half expect it. Mm-hmm. Like, when, I, when I'm at a car show, the only thing I'm really, like, blow my mind is if it's something that's, like, particularly cool. Yeah, or quirky. Yeah, so, like, when I first saw Awesome's Kuntash, that one, I was slack-jawed. Um, because I've never seen a white interior on a 25th anniversary edition. Yeah, that's a really lovely car. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. And I think when I was at JAI, I, I didn't get slack-jawed over the Hakoska at all. Do you remember when we were at Wheels of Italy 2 and the lady smacked the Countach with her keys and you went off on her. Oh dude, I told her about her life. Yeah. I <laughs> I was so proud. So proud of Ryan at that moment. Yeah, that, that lady. <laughs> she was contemplating she, suicide she after le- she literally <laughs> left the show. Yeah. And I'm not mad about that. And he's the only one that said anything about it, but literally she was like standing next to it taking like a really shitty sorry, poopy Snapchat picture. Yeah. And her like key satchel and clutch like hit I paint. ruined her Snapchat video too. Good. Yeah, and I, uh, the the owner didn't even say anything. He just he just looked he at looked just like extremely displeased, but didn't say a word. Yeah, exactly. So, um, wow, that's sorry, that was a tangent. But no, anyway. So I was at JI. Yeah. I think when I'm when my car show, it's not really the the coolest car that excites me because I expect to see that, but it's mm-hmm. the most interesting car. Sure. That excites me. So what I was saying, I, I did not even blink at the Hakoska because I expected that to be there. Right. Um, I did go look at it because I'd of never, course. I'd never seen an actual Hakoska GTR. I've seen a, every Hakoska GTX, but not a GTR. I just uh, realized that we talk about such obscure things. Most I know, of the right? Time that nobody has any idea what it is. Well, I, that's why I started the blog, and I occasionally update it. <laughs> uh, oh, I got a fun blog story after this. Okay, I totally messed it up. For I suppose now that we have a video version, we could work a little harder and yeah. get like images up. But yeah, I'm pretty but lazy. Anyway, why don't you? Bring up a picture of a Hakoska GTR because I feel Ryan, like I don't even know how to spell that. H a k o s u k a. It's entirely phonetic. One more it's time. H a k o s u k a. GTR. Yeah. All right. Let me pop open the stream. Yeah, here. it's like the the GTR, the C10 oh, GTR. Oh, like the first GTR. Yeah. Okay. The, Fine. It's called a Hakoska box skyline. Yeah, great. But I still I had no idea. Oh, yeah. That's what its name is. Fine. Hakosuka, if you're not cultured. I am not cultured, so we'll go hockey. Okay. Soccer. Anyway, so there was one of those there in a super rare color okay. at JAI, and I couldn't be bothered to really care about it that much. <laughs> uh, but the um, there's one, two cars that really got me excited, and one was a Mazda R360, okay, which is Mazda's first car, also their first sports car, also the first four-stroke uh, micro car. Okay. Yeah, I so, suppose those were largely two-stroke ones. Yeah, they, they were, and it, this one's actually really cool. It's like a manual rear-engine three-seater. Like, it's really cool. Hmm. But um, the one that really got me excited is I walked past an AutoZam to look at this. You know yeah. how, I, how much I love the AutoZam, especially if they're not clapped out. Was a Zuzu Bellet uh, GTR. All right, I'm gonna have to Google all. Yes. Yeah. yeah, look up the Zuzu Bellet because that's B E L L E T T, and then GTR. Everyone uses GTR on their Japanese cars. Yeah, well, they they had a 1600 GT, but this is a racing homologation model. I think I should just stick on Wikipedia because you can actually pull up the photos full size. That, that's just the normal one, though. Wow. That's not the GTR. Fine, let me scroll. 
You might be able to sure find have... GTR. Yeah, that orange one right there. It's like the exact car. Wow, the one that says GTR on top of it? But yeah, anyway, that one uh, really got me excited because I think that might be one of the best-looking Japanese cars in the 1960s. I don't know. I see I see that, and then I look at a 2000 GT. I'm like, eh, this is dumb. Well, as I said, might be one of the, not the best, because, yeah, the 2000 GT looks is like right up there. But, I mean, you know, this competed with, you know, the Alpha Julias and stuff like that. Okay. So yeah, it, I would still take it. You know, it like that, it like 66, 65, 66, 67. That's a pretty cool car. And I think I just think it's a, it's a very 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 pretty car. And it came from a Zuzu? Like you don't think if you saw that, yeah. You're no, like it looks like a Toyota to me. Well, I mean, if you saw it, you're like, "Oh, that's either like one of the Toyotas that were made to look like a, uh, an Italian car or yep. it's like a Lancia or something." <laughs> uh, but like no matter which way it goes, very obscure. And and the thing is, you're not going to look at that and go, "Oh, that's an Isuzu." Right? Like oh, I God, would, no. I will. It's but not a cab else. over a truck based on a GM platform. Yeah, basically. No, exactly. You're not going to be. You'll be utterly flummoxed when you find out that Isuzu actually made some really cool stuff. Oh, Hari's watching our Twitch stream. Hello there. Hi, John. Hello there, industrious little fellow. <laughs> we are still on in Richfield. Oh, that's good. And then, okay, let's move Currently. on to part C. Um, when you're out and about. And you're, let's assume you're in something interesting and you see something else, not necessarily the same make and model, but for the sake of argument, let's say it is. Do you try to signal that person? Like, do you throw your hand out the window and thumbs up? Do you give them the peace sign or do you just ignore it and just like see if they say something? It kind of depends on my car. Yeah. Okay. Let's try a more specific example. Let's say, let's say you're in your Cressida. Yeah. Oh, the Cressida. And you see another Cressida. Yeah. It, that's the thing with Cressidas. I go, that's a very cool car. And then I make a point to never actually talk to that person mm. because most people I've met with a Cressida are horrible. They're almost exclusively insufferable pricks. <laughs> wow. You fit right in, in the owner's group. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I probably fall deeply within that category, but it's like it, you get people that are worse than like two forty drift bros. Okay. Because they are all drift bros, but they're like, God, you, what do you mean? You, you don't know this, like, exactly how to put in a coilover in a Cressida? Like, how do you put a coilover in a Cressida? Did you search the forum, bro? Yeah, like, dude, the, the forum for Cressidas literally got shut down five years ago. Most I, of it was based in, like, magazines, probably. Yeah, exactly. And, well, here, it's like, you know, when I was, like, first getting, getting into them, it's like, the first thing I ever did was I posted on my Cressida. Mm-hmm. On a Cressida page, I'm like, hey, it's got this awesome deal on a Cressida, no rust, and it's got, you know, five digits of miles on it, and they're like, you overpaid, you're a fucking loser, and I hate you. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> jeez, all That's right. like when I joined the Facebook group Manual Elitist Jerks, and I, like, I posted about, like, I don't know, probably the, e- the E30 M3. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, just kit car, I'm just like. What? Yeah, and it's like, just like now that I've been in there for like I, it's fine. Like they've had my 850 on like the cover photo of the page, and like I rip on people too. But like I'm just like wow, trial no, by it, fire. Yeah, no, it, it's like it's bad. Like yeah, crest of people, I do not talk to them unless I absolutely have to. Yeah, because that'd almost be a better Patreon topic. Like what car make and model has like the worst community behind it? Uh, I'm crests have to be up there. Teslas. Teslas are definitely oh number one. Oh my goodness, do I not want to talk to any Tesla owners? And I, yeah, the Cressida's really up there, and yeah, Teslas are just awful. 
Well, I mean, they, um, that's the thing. The they're people. such great cars, that, but like the, most of the owners own them for the wrong reasons, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's the same thing with with Cressidus. Everybody, you know, right. owns them to crash them into a wall. I want it because I wanted a cheap Supra. You know, that's exactly what I wanted it for. And uh, I would say probably the, you know, conversely the best community. Yeah, my favorite car community of anybody, any community I've ever been in: Honda, Toyota, anything. Mm-hmm. Classic Subarus. I could see that. I feel like everyone's really low key in that Every, group. But, uh, some people are pretty high key, but okay. they're um, they're all very fun loving, and they're always willing to help everybody else out. And everyone has had so many issues that they they've all, sorted yeah. through. They all know the answer, and they're willing to give. Exactly, it to it. <laughs> it's just like that. It's it's kind of like that. It's it would be like what I imagine the Alfa Romeo community is like, but without rich pricks. <laughs> Oh man, you would just have you'd have to have a message board for the Alpha community. No one would ever be able to get to the same place. Yeah, exactly. It, it, like, my engine hasn't started. Mine through connecting rod. Yeah, it's my exactly. wheel bearings run packed up. That's what it's like. It, you know, it's one of those things where it's like when I worked at, when I was you know before I decided to go carburetor, I was trying to keep the turbo on my Subaru. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would work kind of exclusively in the middle of the night because everybody that can actually communicate with me mm-hmm. is from Australia. Okay. So all the all yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'll just work on this at like eleven o'clock at night, and then everybody will be awake, and I'll be able to get my question asked in like two hours. Because if I worked on it at noon, yeah, I wouldn't get an answer till nine eight till nine p.m. Yeah. I've I've dealt with people for like rarely thirty parts, and like trying to pay them or like get photos back and forth is like it's a two day process. It really is. Yeah, everything is impossible. There's there's like two guys in the like United States, and they're not people people. Oh, goodness, no. I've only met one person in the classic Subaru community that was an actual prick. So it sounds like the Cresta community is the one that you would intentionally make an effort to not look or care. Yes. And the Subaru one would be the one you would actually go out of your way. Subaru people, well, that's the thing is I, I would look, but I'd make it very nonchalant that because like, maybe if they catch me lucky, I'll give them a thumbs up okay. or I'll, I'll look at who's driving it. If it's like somebody. There's like, there, there's various levels of like acknowledgement too. It, yeah. It I mean, do you like, do you look? So like obviously, look. This is this is the thing. It's only Cressidas because Toyota people are great. Mm. Classic Toyotas. Okay. That's what I, sh- I should right. say. Because every every time I've ever gone to a classic Toyota meet, everybody's super nice. But it's like FJ owners are pretty nice. Yeah, but one. like exclusively Cressida owners are just pricks. Hmm. And are third um, gen Supra owners bad or no? Third gen Supra, no. Fourth gen can be. Oh yeah. Um, fourth gen, it's it, that, that's kind of nothing to write home about. They're not the best, not the worst. Um, more than you can afford pal the, the fourth, fourth gen v160 what i've noticed a lot is a lot of fourth gen owners mm-hmm. don't talk to other toyota owners that's like they Interesting. look it's like they look down on them oh. or something which i mean it's a fair yeah, assessment I, get that. I mean it's a lot more expensive than well it's like if most it, it's toyotas. literally like if ford gt40 owners went to like a ford focus meet i get why they wouldn't do that right it's, that might be a bit of a it's a different a sticky it's a different group of people oh, sorry i thought you were looking at something i was i wasn't sure if it was gonna rain or something oh. windows down in the van we've had okay this is day two of no rain every other day this entire month it has rained oh i had people that were here from Boston at my shop, getting yeah. head gaskets when they're van again. No way. It rained the entire time. They arrived here on October 1st, and it rained literally until they picked up their van I'm sure day they before yesterday. A great vision of Minnesota now. Oh, yeah. They're, they're never coming back. Never, ever coming back. I'm never going back to Boston, probably, so that's fine. Yeah, exactly. So, All right, let's go to Patreon topic yeah. number two. Um, this one's this more one, fun. I, I really like this. 
Oh, these are yours in parentheses? Yeah, I, I put all of mine in okay, parentheses. Okay, well, I'll have answers, too. I'm just going to wing it. But this one is a replace my car game. And I think this one was actually submitted by somebody who had their daily driver totaled by somebody else. Yes. And they're having a tough time finding what they would replace it with. And they ended up replacing it with the exact same thing they were driving. So this is going to be replacing an older model with something new. So something that you can basically buy, okay, either new or CPO today. Yeah. So number With, one. Within the last five years. Honda Element. Weird. wonder where this came from. <laughs> Especially all-wheel drive and manual. So why don't you go over your answer first, and then I'll o- tell you the, what my answer is. The only other thing that is all-wheel drive and manual that I would ever bother buying is a Subaru, 2. Point, or Subaru Forester, but this particular one. 2.5i premium manual. So big engine, nice interior. You get, you get the big the engine, non-turbo, mm-hmm. because you can't get the turbo with the manual and the Forester. Mm-hmm. You get the nice, long, giant sunroof. You get the heated seats. Mm-hmm. And actually, slightly more headroom. Because the sunroof's so wide, it's literally, it goes all the way to where the kind of like, oh crap handles are on mm-hmm. the corner of the of the headliner. Okay. That's actually a pretty good answer. I didn't think about that. Um, mine is a, a Jeep Renegade. Which is a fine car. All-wheel drive manual. I mean, they're they're not quite as I spacious thought about inside that. as an I, element. I did but, think about that. Now, again, my, reliability is my reasoning actually is the element, you can tune it and modify it and make it more fun and, you know, make it look cool yeah. or you can lower it and stuff. Sure. You, you, there's a lot you can do with the element. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to do with the Forester, too. And there's a lot with a Jeep Renegade, unfortunately, because it has a Jeep brand on it, which means it's in well, parts catalogs. I mean, which like, means you can do anything to it. That, that is true. But I mean, as far as, you know, like a Honda Element, if the manual four wheel drive element. The Renegade's turbo. You can just, like, wave a, a module at it for 60 bucks and, like, get 60 more horsepower. And Well, yeah. And, well, I mean, it's not different with the Forester or the Element. I mean, you, you put you put a turbo well, on those. the K24 those. is a really good engine. Yeah. I mean, if you put a, if you put a turbo on either of those, it's 60 horsepower. The 25NA Subaru engine, you can't do that much to it. You can turbo them. Well, you can, but you're not gonna. That's a lot of money. Like, a, a K24, you can add, like, 30, 40 horsepower to it for less than 1000 bucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. And, like, same thing with the Renegade. The Subaru is going to take a lot more than $1,000 to add power to it, and it's going to get way less reliable. I, th- that's the thing is, it's a fresh engine. But I don't the, think so. The beauty of this, though, I mean, I, I know the person who submitted this, and the car is intentionally left stock. Yeah. Okay. So, so intentionally it's be intentionally left stock. I would actually probably say, oh, the Renegade's a good example. The Subaru uh, gets a lot more appealing if you leave it stock. I would. But I, I'm still taking Renegade. I'm going to I'm gonna have to go with the Subaru with my answer. That's fine. Shocking. We, we, go, with our, we, we go with our own answer. BMW Z3, big six, two, eight, or three, oh. You can't. No, there's nothing that fun. I said a Fiat. That's a really good answer. A Fiat, a Barth. That's the only thing I could do. No, no, no. A Barth is too too hard. So it just would have to be a normal Fiat. You want a Luso, probably. I mean, because you want the the squishier suspension. Because the beauty of the non MZ3 is the thing is so compliant and roly poly. But they're all LSD cars, the Z3s. And in order to get the LSD, you need the Fiat Abarth. But, okay, a Luso with the Abarth diff. There you go. But Which Fiat is, is the correct answer. And that is optional. Yeah, you can get that if you have to special order it. I answered this one correctly. <laughs> the Toyota FJ Cruiser. And my answer is an FJ Cruiser. Just another newer one? Nope. Just another one. Any year. It, okay. it doesn't matter. I mean, th- name another FJ Cruiser. Uh, I would replace this with a Cayenne V6 six-speed. Mm, no. Because that's, that's what I'm going to replace. That's going to be horribly, horribly expensive to repair. Yeah, I know, which is why I bought an FJ. <laughs> exactly, and that, that's why we go with the FJ. I what think the only thing I'd ever replace an FJ with, with is like uh, 
the oh um they make a three door version of the Land Cruiser in South America. Okay. And in Japan. Yeah. Okay. M- m- Everywhere but here. here. That's the only one I would ever get. Here. Okay. Next one. E thirty nine BMW M five. So two thousand to two thousand three. The bee's knees car. The one I just bought one of, but it's not. Here I yet. just I I would it have to be I think a Kia Stinger, but that one's not manual. It's a good so. form factor. Um, it, that's I'm just, pretty close. I'm writing mine in here real time. So Chevy SS manual, you can get them CPO still. Or the G70 manual, G70 which manual I found out in there too. recently is yeah. going to be manual. So that's yeah. a good looking car. I would seriously consider taking a G70 manual. Can we talk about how many Korean cars are on this and how many not Japanese cars they are? Actually, let's go FADM3 too. Yeah, because I that's mean, that's still offered as a six speed brand. New. All those cars are <clears throat> not Japanese, which is kind of weird. Right. BMW is really losing their way with non M anyway. Okay, next car BMW 1 Series M, the car that you can see behind Ryan in the stream right oh, there. Oh, a 1M. Yeah. Oh, oops. You have to I, I have to change my answer then. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I was thinking a, uh, for some reason, was thinking like a Z3 Coupe or a M Coupe. Oh, I gotcha. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Uh, my cursor answer here, uh, an M2 CS manual. Yeah, that's only an- the only thing you can do. That's, that's a pretty equivalent car. Not limited production, not quite a special, but still really good. Uh, next one, Chevrolet C6 Z06. Uh, the only, that's a tough one. The only correct answer is a C4 <coughs> Corvette, because the best Corvette is the cheapest it's Corvette. It's not the cheapest Corvette. C3s are definitely cheaper. All right, the C3 Corvette. Best Corvette is the cheapest uh, Corvette. They're so bad. Best Corvette is the cheapest Corvette. Um, I would... you, you know what else is bad? Any Corvette that's not the brand new Corvette, because every time they make one, it's such a quantum leap that it just destroys the value of the, of the previous generation until it becomes a classic. Uh, okay. I, I, that's I would never I, want one. Like I, other than like an old one. C4s are just so good. I, I like your answer more before you edited it. Mine's going to be Mustang GT350. Not, not the R, but That's I good. think you can get a used one for, it's it's too expensive, but I like it. Yeah. Subaru Legacy GT Wagon, the 05. So pre-reflectors in the bumper, but still the really attractive looking. I one. honestly, this one was really hard. I couldn't answer this because it's the gentleman's STI. And you could get them with a manual. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any wagon we can still buy with a manual here. Mm. I don't think there is one. Well, I mean, there's some stupid Volkswagens, but they're that stupid Volkswagens. Um, can yeah. you can you get an all road with a manual anymore? No, you can't. No, I already can't. ditched them all. But yeah, could, could you in the last couple of years? I think you might have. But could I you mean, get those with a three OT or no? I don't think with a manual. Uh, um, you had safe. What? Wait, two thousand six. No, but I, let's say it. It has to be CPO. All right, let's say I would say two thousand six or so. S four manual wagon. Okay. Because it's the only only thing I could keep up. It's such a weird car because it's like I'm gonna take. Oh, sorry. Please finish. It, it's one. It's one of those weird cars where you can't really get that exact same thing, and it was such a weird product because it was a it was a upscale Subaru, based off a WRX, mm-hmm. and it wasn't terribly expensive. Mm-hmm. It was a midsize sedan that was all wheel drive, manual turbo. Like it was a a perfect car. It was everything that everybody in the world would have wanted at that point in time. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely it's that's a it's a period in time car more than it is something that's timeless. So that makes some sense. I would say it's actually kind of timeless nowadays, more so than it was when it was new. You know, I think which lends some credence to your claim. The only thing I could say right now that would hold up to it, it with the thought of it being a mid-sized sedan that's um, under the radar mm-hmm. and not bad and well, not terribly expensive, but would, not, not a sedan. This is a wagon. Oh, good point. 
I would have to say a Outback 3.6R Touring. Auto, though. I mean, that's I have to. There's nothing else. Well, I'm going to go with a car that was made within the last couple of years that you could still get CPO. The F30 328i X-Drive wagon with the six-speed. I guess, yeah. It's all-wheel drive, which yeah. kind of sucks. The engine's boring, and it's a corporate German two-liter, so it's going to explode. And that's but why I, actually drives that's why I said well. the 3.6R, because the 3.6R is very Is bold. that a CVT, or is it a it's real CVT, automatic? It's CVT, but it's a bulletproof, reliable engine. Mm, yeah, but this has a bulletproof, reliable transmission and an engine that you have to... Also, knowing Subaru, they made... Let's skip this. This one's boring. Well, no, no, no. They, they, made, they made a manual Outback. Yeah. I know that they're manual four-cylinder transmissions bolt mm-hmm. directly into the six-cylinders because they're two ways you actually design a of totally course. different engine. Of course. side of the case is completely the same. Yeah. Yep. It, it literally is the same bell housing. Yep. So I would say what are those? And then, yeah, when the CVT finally takes a crap, put a manual in it. I mean, that's not really the spirit of the answer, but I accept. It, th- th- for this particular question, you have to. Anyway, okay. next. Fiat 500 or 500E? 500 or Barth. Um, okay, I'm going to go CPO, Fiesta ST. Uh, no, they still sell the Abarth. Screw that. I'm going to go 500 yeah, Barth. That's 500 a good answer. Barth. Yep. Because screw Ford for getting rid of that great Mini car. Mini Cooper R53. So first gen new style Mini Cooper. Again, 500 or Barth. Yep. It, it's the best one. That is. I mean,. It, that one, since it's not an S, you could maybe say a nice Mirage. Yeah. But I think the 500 of Arth is a better car, and they're so cheap. There's one more I want to add. Okay. A Focus ST. Why? The Fiesta ST is a better car. Focus ST. What would you replace that with? Oh, what would I bu- Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, GTI. I would say uh, Civic Type R. Well, that's not a different completely price echelon, but that's a better answer. Yeah. Uh, actually, I mean, when they were new, they weren't too far apart. A base model type R versus a fully spec'd out uh, Focus ST were about the same. Because the Focus ST, also talk about a car that got I think killed, like nine grand. The Focus ST got Corvetted to death because the Focus ST was a very good car, but then they released the Fiesta ST, which is the same thing but smaller, and then they fo- released the Focus RS. So. They just gave it the Corvette. Yeah, that car got bookended super hard. Yeah, it just it's it's like the E twenty one BMW three series. It's yeah. like it's a good thing on its own, but like so much not as good <laughs> as is, two yeah. things on either side of it. That's exactly what that is. <laughs> All right, next one. Ford Bronco, the removable top sixties or the eighties, nineties OJ one. Okay, so for, Toyota Forerunner. And I'm gonna say Okay. Not a manual. No, 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 I never said the year. Because you has said to be pretty recent, then you can't you can't compare it the to something point, from the, the 60s. The point is to replace an old car if it got destroyed with something new. You can get a base model Forerunner with a manual. I'm you pretty can't. sure. All right, a manual. not since the third gen. They didn't even offer it in the fourth gen. You can get it in the I'll Tacoma. Manu- still. I'll get a manual Taco. Yeah, there you go. That's a good one. Yep. A manual Taco modified to look like a tr- trophy truck. You have all the fun. Yeah, I'm just gonna get a brand new Taco and. Sh- Bring it to Icon since money's not a thing. Like, make this into a clear runner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, right, that's fair. Uh, Suzuki Samurai or Daihatsu Rocky? Well, you didn't say Daihatsu Rocky. Same thing. No, they're totally different platforms. Suzuki Samurai, then. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to say Suzuki Jimny. Of course you would. But that's not available in America, so I'm going to have to say the Crosstrek because that's available in America. Go on Jeep Renegade Manual. Now, my reasoning for this. This is why I'm saying this. The Crosstrek is a native four-wheel drive, or all-wheel drive, I should say. Mm-hmm. Symmetrical. Symmetrical. But it means, well, the thing is, it doesn't it doesn't drop into two-wheel drive. Right. So that's why I said the Crosstrek. The Crosstrek is also 
you know, the, that's a proven four-wheel drive system or all-wheel all drive system. It's been proven to be very robust and mm-hmm. not break for no, for no yeah, reason at Yeah, all. you see a lot of 300,000-mile uh, Subarus. Yeah. The all-wheel drive system is not a problem. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I said that would be a good replacement for a Samurai because most people get the Samurai to take it off-road. I think the Crosstrek would be a good example of that. But the, the Renegade Trailhawk, like, they actually, like, took these things out. They're like, this is ridiculous that they have this label on here, and they're extremely capable off-road. And Well, that's that's the thing is I want to I, – I, I don't know that for, you know, 30 years from now. Right. Well, how, neither one of them is a transfer case, be. so it's got to be pretty good. I mean, those 500 Barth engines have been out for 10 years now. Yeah, but I'm thinking more about the all-wheel drive system. Oh, it doesn't matter. Cause it's a You're going to go through CV shafts, but it's not going to break. I guess. It's I mean, that's system. the thing. Is Subarus don't really. Uh, it's got the same type of thing as uh, Honda's real time. I mean, okay. it's, it's pretty reliable. Uh, boring, yes. Not full time, but. All right. Well, let's still. let's push through. All right. Suzuki Kazashi. Oh, what man. would you replace that with? You know what? Another Kazashi. I would get a uh, Genesis G70. I would only get a Suzuki Kazashi. I I would if I if we bought a motor cult car someday, it would need to be a Kazashi. I, the thing is, I have not owned a Suzuki yet because it's such I, a cool car. No, th- my reasoning is I, I will never buy another brand. And that's going to be a problem because it's like when I vowed to never own a car made like after the day I was born. I only, and for a long time, that was feasible <laughs> up until the last few years. And then I went, my, I noticed that the lifespan of my vehicles I was owning went from about five years of <clears> me <throat> owning it mm-hmm. to about like one to six months. Ah. And it's because they're either getting crazy expensive. Or really crappy. And of course, <laughs> when I was, before I got my van, you know, I was like in my early to mid 20s, I didn't have money for crazy expenses, so I got really crappy. So that's what I got. That's fair. Um, but no, I, so, and that's <laughs> the problem is I'm going to run into that same issue with Suzuki, is I will just yeah. own an abundance of really cool, weird Suzukis. I wonder what a Kazashi manual runs right now. They're like 10 grand. For really? Yeah. Oh. They hold their value like crap because they're just, they, got, they got it perfect. It's got a great name, it's a beautiful car. I want a I'm going an auto trader right now, but uh, the next one is um, Mercedes 300 TD. So it doesn't specify if it's a 123 or 124. So um, you said, yeah, 300 TD. So and this is before I knew it had to be within CPO territory. So I said another a 123 300 TD. <laughs> it's just a great car. Well, in the interest of trying to stay in the family, I picked a diesel F31. Uh, wagon BMW. They're th- only automatic, unfortunately. I think what you would get from a 300TD is like pretty good fuel economy, something that's reliable, super, 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 super reliable, and not that fun to drive. Yeah. I would say a four-cylinder Subaru Outback. Oh, the fucking Subarus. Okay. They they <clears throat> fit a lot of categories. They're, they are not 10 grand. Oh, has they gone down? They're like easily, easily in the fives. Oh, that's attainable now. I'm, I'm trying oh, to refine the search here. I might be getting rid of my van once I once I'm done with this warranty. Then I got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, it's, that's local too. Got because all right. I found out that I'm like super right side up with my van. Nice. Like I'm like almost three grand right side up. So jeez. Yeah. So I've got yeah. The, I can easily get a Kazashi and just love my life. Actually, I also like the SX4. That's another. I do too. That's a quirky little car. Yeah, it's not quite new enough for like our comparison here. I, but actually, if we had, I was really hoping when I saw us that the Honda Wagavan would be on here because that'd be my only answer would be the SX4 wagon because that would be 
a good replacement for a Wagman. Yeah. Um, so Sorry, I'm searching manual right now, so if I'm what, a little less responsive, that's, oh, that's fine. fine. <laughs> what is... Uh, <laughs> Why don't you read the next one okay. real quick? Uh, next one is a Maserati. Oh, jeez. A Maserati Coupe. So the early 2000s. The now read what Cambio my answer Corsa. said word for word what I what I wrote in Mitsubishi the notes. Mitsubishi Mirage. It has about as much clout as a car show. <laughs> like, who, can, who cares? Nobody likes that car. What about the guy that comes to all the local car shows and his license plate is does 185? Great. And it totally doesn't. <laughs> That's super cool. You give your cool... Speedometer. I have a Mitsubishi Mirage. Who cares? The like cheap, cheapest Kazashi manual is seven nine nine five. Asking. Yeah. See, that's what I mean. Yeah. Okay. They, uh, they're like getting close at ten grand. What mark. I would replace this car with a uh, Jaguar F-Type six-cylinder supercharged manual. I'm still going with the Mirage because <laughs> nobody cares about that car. At I all. know, but I want an F-Type manual. So all right, cool. I want a Mirage. Honda S two thousand. Uh, yeah, I think I'd have to go with the Fiat Abarth. Yep, no contest. Um, I also would be tempted to say the newest Miata, because the newest Miata is getting with really the power close. Bump. Yeah, yeah, with the power bump, it's getting close to the specs. It's the same car. Let's just go but, ND Fiat Abarth. Yeah, well, the, the thing <laughs> is, the, the issue with this is that the S2000 revved like crazy high. That was the last super high revving. Yeah, but have you ever driven a K24 swapped S2000? They're like, way better. You but don't I mean, miss the revs. I 7800 is still pretty good. I don't really care that much about power though. That's my oh, thing. You, you S2000 know that about me. with torque is so much fun. I when I when I had unlimited resources to build whatever I wanted at MA Performance, I built a 9000 RPM D series. Because I wanted a super high revving car. All I cared about was I wanted to rev super it's high much more in the, and be fun like to the, drive. It's yeah, it's like the old uh, the the B series spoon thing yeah. from the nineties. Like, like we made it do eleven thousand RPM. Like great. And made one hundred and eighty horsepower <laughs> out of a one point eight liter. That's cool. I will still take that over a K twenty four because I like that. I like the dramatic effect of that. I, I really like that a lot. I also like the noise it makes. Yeah, no, I, I like high revving engines. I do, but like, I, I also really like usable power. Not that, yeah, not that fine. worried. Next, Toyota Previa. Mazda Five. Yeah, that's the only one with the manual. So. Yep. Well, now that the Mazda Five is a legitimately very good van, yeah, and it's not rear-wheel drive. No, it's not. Or nor is it mid-engine. True. But I will tell you, I am so excited that my warranty is up in five thousand miles. I'm already stock being the stockpile parts. Why, if you have a warranty, why is your transmission still blown up? Because it's taking forever. It's caught in bureaucracy. Fun. Yeah, it's a joy. Cool. So, Sounds like a really useful warranty. All yeah. right, next Mazda NA Miata MX-5. Indy Miata. Yeah, I would take also, an RF just to be a little I quirky. Ma- I, made yeah. a, I made a point to not have every answer be a Miata or a Mazda So far, product. it's all Subaru, Miata, or... Fiata, like pretty much across the board, or or Renegade on my on my or part. Mirage. Oh man, this this next one makes me sad. BMW E90 rear wheel drive manual wagon. So, Mister Wags, um, you should just kill yourself basically if that gets totaled. 1980 Toyota Corona wagon with no transmission. No, Ryan, you Only can't answer. go old. Yep, no, I I have to. It doesn't exist. No, you got to pick something that's not a wagon these days. I would take uh, a okay. Uh, they're still allocating them, but they're not making them anymore. The uh, outgoing F30 3 Series sedan, the 340i M Sport ZHP. 
Okay. They so when it's the M3 without the M3 stuff. Right. On. It's it's the final year it's of the final manual 3 Series with the performance package, and it's not an M3. That's what I would replace it with. And I'm only going to say this because I've got a friend that's seriously trying to find a Mr. Wags right now, and that's one of his leading contenders is that brand new sitting on the dealer. Could, could you say... Does the IS250 come with manual? When did they last put a manual on that? It did. It was rear-wheel drive, 2.5 only, and it was only the first two years. I would say that. That's just worse than any 90, though. Well, anything's going to be worse. It's also it's going to be really older, older than this car. So, all right. Well, that's <clears throat> that's the issue, though. It's like I don't know. It, it, it's it's like saying, "Hey, you can't replace this car." That's why it's worth no. It, so much. it is. It's, it's like <laughs> saying, "Hey, I want a car that weighs five thousand pounds and goes." You know, it has 400 horsepower, goes 180 miles an hour, and isn't a Duesenberg SSJ. You want a Canyonero. Like, I don't know what you want then. You, you need a Duesenberg. You like, should just go find buy a time machine. Go or... buy a go buy a Duesenberg. Like, yeah, I don't know. Pretty much. Like, so, sometimes there's a, a car of a time, and that's literally the only answer to a question. So that is that. You cannot replace that car. So, yeah. No, it's. it's uh, just... And now I'm depressed because now I'm thinking about what happened if Mr. Weggs just went away. So why don't you so, take the next topic? I will take the next topic, and we're getting entirely off of that. I want to talk about NASCAR. What the? <laughs> All right, so you know how NASCAR's been trying to reinvent themselves for years, right? Oh, it's just like Harley Davidson. Yeah, nobody cares about him anymore. Wow, no relevance. Weird. So, uh, <laughs> well, I, I did enjoy our other than the extremely cold nature that uh, Elko Knight. Yeah, was, was so fun. this is super, just the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. In a way to attempt to get more cust- more viewers, they're setting out horsepower limit to 550 horsepower. Okay. To make the cars. Like the make the pack like bigger, so you don't have the privateer cars way off in the boonies. Sure. Um, if, and it's only doing that for some of its races, and it's increasing the downforce for some of the tracks for faster cornering or something. Okay. Um, this is to improve the actual racing itself, tighten up the track for better in- entertainment. This isn't the issue, though. At NASCAR, I feel like they're trying to answer these questions by reading tea leaves instead of actually asking like a millennial. They're modifying the rules instead of getting rid of them and rewriting them. I, I only think it needs to be rewritten. I think if the simplest way to make NASCAR better is nobody likes NASCAR because it's, it's just like a bunch of random ad cars that all look the exact same that nobody can relate to with a stupid V8 that nobody can buy. Like, 1970s technology with a weird-looking, gross body. Like, nobody cares about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, for NASCAR, what they should do, um, go back, factory body work on all their cars, so their cars are more reliable. So, get a factory body in white. Yep, you have to, get, you have, to have a body in white. You have, if, it's, if you're going to have something where it's going to be slippier, sl- slipperier or more aerodynamic, mm-hmm. you have to make a home legation model. Okay, yeah. So that's it, and that's what they did in the '80s when yep. NASCAR was in its prime. Mm-hmm. And you would get cars like, yeah, you you get the Monte Carlo um, SS Aero Coupes, which people know about. Yeah, we saw that a yeah. couple episodes ago. And then like the Pontiac Grand Prix Two Plus Twos, which mm-hmm. we saw a couple so episodes ugly. ago. Yeah. But also like the W Body uh, Buick Park Avenue, they made one. They made it. They made one that was like a Park Avenue at Grand National or something. Where they really they made a two door Park that's Avenue. Super gross. That actually had just smoothed out bodywork, so it is more aerodynamic. Mm-hmm. I think things like that. It doesn't. You you should be able to change the drivetrain from front wheel drive to rear wheel drive. Sure. Because I mean, the Chevy Beretta was one of the, another one of those examples. Mm-hmm. But I think the other rule I should you should have is, um, 
the engine that is in the car yeah. has to be a factory available engine in something. So what does that mean? So if you have so right now like the TRD V8 that they put sevens. in the Camry. Yeah. Yeah. That's a push rod V8. Four cam. It's a four cam? No, 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 the one in NASCAR. Oh well, that's not a Toyota engine. That is a technically Well it's Toyota a, makes it. It is but not a factory. That's the thing. That's a completely bespoke engine. Nobody cares about that. I don't care about that. If you're gonna have a car the street sh- engine's a four cam variable valve. I know. Yeah. yeah, it's totally different in way every better. way. It's better in every way. It's a totally <laughs> yes. different thing. It's stupid. <laughs> yeah. I think for you to have a car in NASCAR, you have to make that engine for public uh, for available to the public in some form. Okay. So, so you're yeah. saying they don't necessarily have to put the four cam five seven in their NASCAR, but no. they have to make the NASCAR sell engine at a parts of, department. You have to have that available. Okay. So. That pushrod Toyota V8 God, TRD so engine, weird. it's so stupid. But I feel like if they're going to compete in NASCAR, you should be able to buy that over the corner mm-hmm. or uh, over the counter. Um, and maybe, obviously, not for for I just street have to use. Imagine it's made by one of those engine builders. And yeah, that's that's probably like a billet racing engine. It, it, I'm sure it is. They slap a TRD logo on it. Yeah. Um, and that's that's okay. the thing is, like, I think that should be a rule. Also, horsepower limit. Take that throw out the window. 1,050. 1,050 horsepower. So throw it out the window or set it at 1,050 horsepower. Set it to 1,050. And my reasoning is when you hear 550 horsepower. Are you going to allow all-wheel drive cars? No. But when you hear 550 horsepower, (laughs) you go, wow, that's almost as much as my mom's minivan. Right. But when you hear 1,050, you're like, that's got a comma in it. That's kind of cool. That's my eBay truck Silverado build. Like, yeah, that's... That's a really cool kind of thing. When you see, when you hear that fourth digit, that's what actually get pe- gets people. What's excited. the limit right now? Is it five fifty? I think it's like eight fifty. Oh like my goodness. the maximum. Like, okay. and that's, that's the thing is they're gonna drop it way down to five fifty. Right, which I mean might make racing more interesting to watch, but but I mean that's the thing is I think when you hear it, when you hear yeah, it's a thousand horsepower. Do you know when F one was the best. When they still had manuals, no downforce, and 1,600 horsepower. And that's the thing, is yeah. they're adding a, a ton of horsepower. And or, downforce. Or, uh, no, the, they're cutting horsepower, adding downforce. Right. They're Get rid of it, that. They're making it slower. Yeah, so you're making it worse to watch. Mm-hmm. But I think if you made a, um, if you gave them less downforce, if you gave it more horsepower. Kind of about less, because you are almost... You know, adding thirty percent more power. Yeah, but well, I mean, that's the thing is, you get you get things that are more exciting. Are you still going to keep the Jericho four-speed crash boxes? Sure. Cool. Yeah, I like, I like that. It has to be a manual because, well, that's the thing. That's why I have like a soft spot for NASCAR, is they have rules. You have to have a maximum of a fifteen-inch wheel or something. It's like fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, which like, is why the brakes are ridiculous on those. Yeah, things. they're like super thick, and uh, you have to have a four-speed manual transmission. Mm-hmm. You have to have... Uh, you cannot have a sway bar. Mm-hmm. You have to have limiting ropes, which are now cables, but still. <laughs> like, you have to have this, like, weird technology. I think that... I really like that. I, that gets me really excited about it, but it's the thing. is like, I get why NASCAR is failing, because not aimed, but not everybody's a nerd like that. Well, you're right. I mean, they should be, but they're not. Yeah, and well, they really should be, but that's the thing; is they're not. I think if you if you're thousand horsepower, and whoa, that actually looks like a Camry, and then oh, I can buy that engine. Like that's a Toyota part number. That's really cool, and I can buy that. Like those things will really help people get more invested in NASCAR because NASCAR's whole appeal appeal is these were stock cars. These were heavily modified stock cars going on a racetrack, and yeah. right now they're not. 
right now they're just a billboard on a racetrack and nobody right. that's just stickers on the same exact body yeah like you don't want to go look at ads on youtube all day why would you watch nascar racing because i mean right. does that camry have you ever seen a two-door camry no. in your life no and have i you, prefer four doors too have so. you ever seen a well actually i was gonna say that ford does two-door fusion yeah a two-door fusion that doesn't exist either have you ever seen a camry that has a rear end that looks like a 2001 Chevy Monte Carlo? No. No, no neither I have I. Hmm. Interesting. That's, that's Weird. the issue. Preposterous. So NASCAR, listen to my rules. Nobody cares about 550 horsepower on your whatever body. So I, I really like the idea of going back to a factory body in white and just like putting the integral cage in that, and you have to maintain the same number of doors and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think, I think that also be another thing is you have to have a factory number of doors. It has to originally have a functional door. That would be one of my other rules, is you have to have a functional door that you can weld shut. But you don't have to. You don't have to, but it has to have, when the car comes in yeah. to the shop to be modified, that door needs to be functional. You still need to have the seam. So, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I think that would be good, because you have to make it more relatable. So, anyway, <laughs> that's my rant on NASCAR. <clears throat> Fair enough. I still don't care, even if that was all um, like that. But I would probably watch a couple. Races, I mean, maybe. the NASCAR stuff that we were watching, it was all like turbo 350s and 305s. So, yeah, well, it, that was fun to watch. Yeah, I, the glowing brake rotor is my favorite part. Yes. So, <laughs> that was pretty cool. <laughs> well, before we, we go, I just want to talk about one more thing. I follow a couple of the local junkyards on Facebook just to kind of keep an eye on what the BMWs are that come and go. Yeah. But recently, I've been noticing they've been getting a lot more like modern cars in. Yeah. Like, I was just like, wonder what's going on with that? Why is it there? It's like, they had like like a couple of uh, GM Lambdas, like the big three row crossovers. Like those things are less than ten years old. And like it wasn't crashed or anything. I'm like, wh- what was internal, so expensive? Super expensive internal engine failure. Yeah, it was probably a timing change, like and a transmission at the same time. But I saw a couple days ago a 2009. I, saw, I got tagged in that. <laughs> I tagged you. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a silver 2009 facelift Tiguan. No body damage at all, sitting on like wheels in this junkyard. They got two OT'd. So happy. They got two OT'd. Didn't have to ask what was wrong. I knew that the two OT failed. That engine was gone. It needed a turbocharger. It needed an intake manifold, a decarb, a timing chain, and a rear main seal, Mm -hmm. and oil separator, and probably a clogged oil pickup because the the car overheated even the smallest amount and blew apart the jack shaft to the water pump. Yep. And then it probably like also blew up the transmission oil cooler heat exchanger and pumped coolant into the transmission. Perfect. The yep. So. There you go. Done. Done. <laughs> so on that note, take one, suck, never buy a TSI. Don't, don't change the rules. And uh, an E90 wagon rear-wheel drive is not replaceable. Yeah, it's an irreplaceable car. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on Wednesday. See you on Wednesday. <laughs>